0: This is Barry Zalma speaking for Claims School Incorporated with another true crime of insurance fraud story, video number 52. This one is called The Devil's in the Details. People who commit insurance fraud as a profession do so because it's easy. It requires no capital investment. The risk is low and the profits are high. The ease with which large amounts of money can be made from insurance fraud removes whatever moral hesitation might stop the perpetrator from committing the crime. The temptation to do everything outside the law was the downfall of the brothers Karamazov. The brothers had escaped prison in the old Soviet Union by immigrating to the United States. In their hometown of Volgograd, They were well known to the local police. The brothers had committed and conducted a crime wave in the town since they turned ten. They were involved in burglary, armed robbery, smuggling, drug dealing, and prostitution. To avoid arrest and a long sentence in a Siberian gulag, the brothers invented a Jewish mother. They were then eligible to leave as victims of religious prosecution. Their application for a visa to the United States as seekers of religious freedom was accepted immediately. The saved Soviet Jewelry Organization, who knew nothing of their criminal background, financed their trip to the United States. Upon their arrival in the United States, they met with acquaintances from the Soviet criminal class who had escaped to the United States. They learned that the police were quite effective at catching and prosecuting strong-armed criminals, but had little concern for perpetrators of fraud. The brothers, being dedicated criminals, realized they must become familiar with American language and American procedures. They spent their first year in the United States living off the money they were able to smuggle out of the Soviet Union. They studied English and American Business Procedure at a local high school. One of their classmates in the English as a Foreign Language class was a salesperson for Blue Sword of California Health Insurance Company. They they bribed their classmate to sell them a health insurance policy so that they could learn how the system worked. Pleasantly surprised, the brothers learned that if they sent a bill from a health care provider to Blue Sword, a check in the same amount would arrive in the mail. No one would telephone the provider or verify that the services had been rendered. All they needed was the proper form filled out in the proper manner. From what they learned in their business class, they created the first business entity called Mobile Medical Services. The filing of a fictitious business name statement showing that the brothers Karamazov were the owners of mobile medical services was enough to put them in business. The plan was simple. With money obtained from a small business administration loan, funds set up for recent immigrants, they would lease a Ford Econoline van. They would then lease various pieces of medical testing equipment from local vendors. The fact that they had no experience or training in the operation of such equipment was irrelevant. All that was necessary was that the equipment looked real. They were immediately provided a loan from the SBA to pay their first month's rent. They visited their local instant printing shop and had a flyer printed that using the most seductive of all advertising tools. The flyer said only in 40-point type free medical testing and in much smaller type only for union members and government employees. Then they set their van up in a parking lot of a local grocery store and waited for the customers to come in. Each person coming in for free medical testing would fill out a form and assign all of their medical benefits to mobile medical services. They would be seated on an EKG machine, weighed, and have their blood pressure taken. They would then be sent on their way. The brothers Karamazov created a totally fictional account of the medical testing performed on each of their walk-in clients. All of their clients had insurance or were military dependents covered by the Champus system. The billings were created with the assistance of their classmate, the insurance agent, and averaged between 800 and $1,400. Each was justified by a diagnosis of one or more serious disease or another, ranging from pneumonia to cancer. The brothers sent their billings directly to the insurers of the individual customers. The billings were normally paid without question, although the insurers would reduce the amounts billed by 20 to 30%. Every two months, the brothers would file bankruptcy for the fictitious business and return the equipment to the lessor, who knew better than make a claim on a bankruptcy estate. Investigation by the lessors found that the original business had disappeared and its owners were without assets. They would write off the debt. The brothers would then start a new LLC, or fictitious business, with the assistance of a typing agency, and go to another leasing agent who would find them new equipment. The brothers, within the first two years of their fraudulent business, had managed to effect gross earnings of $5 million a year. They had 20 mobile vans floating throughout the states of California, Arizona, Nevada, and New Mexico. Their profits were growing exponentially. Each van was insured. When a lessor got close to repossessing a van or its equipment, it would accidentally catch fire on the freeway. The brothers would recover the total value of the equipment and the van the lessors not named on the policies would be without recourse. Had the brothers, from their generous earnings, honestly purchased the medical equipment and the vans, they would probably still be making millions in medical insurance fraud. The adjuster assigned to investigate the accidental fires had attended a class on automobile arson given by the california conference of arson investigators it became obvious that the van fire was an arson he reported this fact to the fraud division of the state of california department of insurance and the local fire department arson unit The insurer retained counsel to examine the brothers under oath. They refused to testify. Their claim was denied since an examination under oath is a condition precedent to the insurance policy, and the breach of that condition eliminates coverage. The brothers did nothing to enforce their claim. They just went to another insurer at the Fraud Division. When the fire was recorded into the computer, it noted four other reports concerning the brothers. It appeared they were unrelated, but an investigator was assigned to look into the brothers' katavatsa. As the investigation proceeded, the Fraud Division learned more facts about the brothers that required a team of Fraud Division investigators. They were joined by investigators from the United States Postal Service, and the Homeland Security. The team worked for three years developing a prosecution against the brothers Karamazov. When the indictments came down, the investigators had established the brothers were involved in fraud totaling over 80 million dollars. Before they could be arrested, the brothers returned wealthy to Russia. They were certain that they had succeeded in the fraud of the century. On their return to the former Soviet Union, they lived like kings. They considered themselves inviolable. Confident in their skill as criminals and tired of living in the Urals, they took a holiday to the south of France. When they arrived, their names were noted by Interpol, who contacted the United States Marshal Service at the U.S. Embassy. The brothers were arrested and extradited to the United States with the blessings of the French government. The trial in the United States District Court Los Angeles was lengthy and involved the brothers and dozens of their co-conspirators. Two of the brothers pled guilty and one was convicted after trial. They are all serving time in a federal penitentiary they've been ordered to make restitution and pay enormous fines but the chance of the insurers ever recovering any of the eighty million to two point three billion that the brothers admit they stole is minuscule whatever remains of the assets they took with them to the to mother russia are well protected in banks in the cayman islands and switzerland for the brothers karamazov the extent of their greed was their default downfall. Crime paid very well for three years and now they are paying for their crime in the federal penitentiary, knowing that when they are released they will still be wealthy since the U.S. government was unable to track down their assets or recover it. Crime paid. It paid with a little hard time, but it paid well. Insurance companies are required by law in almost every state to thoroughly investigate potential fraud and report it to the Fraud Division. In this case, it worked. They were finally stopped, but they had stolen $2.3 billion before they were caught. This video was adapted from my book, Insurance Fraud Costs Everyone which is a supplement to my treatise in two volumes on insurance fraud, all of which are available as Kindle books and paperbacks from Amazon.com. Thank you for your attention.